Praise the Lord. How's everybody doing? Pastor Josh Canales, Mission Ebenezer Family Church. It's been a minute since we've had a recording like this. Um, I'm going to be pre-recording the next uh, three to four weeks of our Wednesday night Bible studies. We had wanted to start our Bible studies in person in the month of January, but it seems like we're just going to be pushing that back just a few weeks. Um, it's not a setback. Um, the Lord is just uh, preparing us for a major comeback, right? Um, we're excited. We do want to start our in-person Bible study at the beginning of February, okay? It'll be here in the main sanctuary Wednesday nights. We're bringing back family night here at the mission on Wednesdays. It's going to be so much fun. But right now, we're just going to take a pause. We know uh, this new COVID variant um, has been spreading uh, everywhere like crazy. My family got hit. I got hit. I was down for several days, uh, 10 days with fever, um, chills, muscle aches, back and neck soreness, you name it. It was the worst. Two terrible nights of uh, night terrors and, and really nightmares. Um, and finally I said, no, I'm not going to take any more of this. Um, uh, Bumi prayed for me the very next uh, night, um, and I had my first restful sleep uh, on day eight. Um, by day 10, had to go to the hospital and, and talk to the doctor because the, the fevers had persisted. Um, but praise God, um, by about day 12, 13, uh, some of the medications started to kick in. I started to feel better. I'm still gaining my strength right now. It's January 11th, 2022. It's my mom's birthday. She turned 70 today. I love you, Mom, and I dedicate uh, the message uh, to you. Thanks for everything that you do. Thanks for loving me, my family, for taking care of us. Thank you, Mom, for uh, uh, nurturing us, even my whole family. The, all five of us got COVID, and God preserved you, kept you healthy, and you were able to bring food um, and just take care of us, double masked. Um, and uh, so just happy birthday, Mom. I love you, and I'm so, so proud to be your son. Um, praise God. We're going we're gonna to have a, a Bible study today in the book of Revelation chapter 21. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Revelation 21. Maybe we'll read through um, several verses. If maybe, I don't know if we'll get through the whole chapter. It's a, it's a very heavy, very rich chapter. I love the book of Revelation. It's always been one of my favorite books to, to go to. Um, because I believe it, as Christians, we live through symbol. We live through metaphor. Uh, we live through simile, and the way we understand Scripture spiritually um, has always been um, related to our ability to attach our, our faith, what we believe, what we think, and even our behaviors to what the Bible has taught, to what the Bible has shown us or revealed to us. Um, and that's where we get the word revelation. It comes from the Greek word um, apocalypto. Apocalypto means to reveal, to remove. Apo means to remove away. Calypto, um, the the veil. So we're re removing away the veil um, so that we can see, so that we can um, have a revelation, so that God can reveal to us. And, and God revealed to us through um, John. This was John, the beloved disciple who wrote the book of Revelation about 90 AD. It's one of the... It was one of the youngest books, um, if you want to look look at it, 
uh, like that. One of the last and latest books that were written, which is why it's placed at the end of the Bible itself, at the end of the canon. Um, but again, if uh, you're with us for the very first time, God bless you and welcome to um, our ministries at Mission Ebenezer Family Church. I'm Josh Canales. I'm the senior pastor of our church. And my wife and I have been leading our church for the last two and a half years. But we're born into this church. Um, my parents led it for 40, and my grandparents started the church in 1959. And here we are in 2022, all things new. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah the prophet reminds the people of Israel that though um, while they're in captivity and things are not easy, they're actually really difficult and they need to be reminded of the goodness of God that all things are going to be made new again. And for the believer, that is a truth that we have to hold to. We must focus all of our thoughts, all of our hopes, all of our dreams on the fact that Jesus is God. That Jesus is preparing for us a new heaven and a new earth. That what we know here on this earth is not everything that God has in store for His people. We, new believers, us Christians that have joined the faith over the last uh, couple millennia, uh, we get a chance to share in the story of Israel. And that's what we're going to read about here in Revelation chapter 21. is the story of a new Israel. It's the story of a new people. It's the story of a new, uh, a, a new outer, uh, outer wear, a new external. It's a story of a new internal uh, growth that God has given to us. It's a story of God renewing things constantly with the people of God. Let's turn to the book of Revelation now, and let's uh, begin our study in Revelation chapter 21, because I want to talk today about God making things brand new. That includes you. No matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your past may try and uh, say, uh, no matter what the enemy may try to condemn you with um, sometimes our own thoughts condemn us but God is faithful to remind us that he sent us his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we can truly live every day with the sense of newness uh, a sense of purpose a sense of hope Revelation chapter 21 says and this is John receiving the vision from the Lord as he writes then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Now this reference to the old earth, or the first heaven and the first earth, is what we now know. Uh, our idea of what earth is today, and our idea of what heaven is, this is what John is referring to. And right now he's receiving this vision from the Lord, where he's seeing a, a new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. This story and the way John begins this vision is showing us a picture of a woman who's like walking down the aisle in her wedding gown. She has a veil that's covering her face and, and her groom is there at the altar. And the groom has done everything that he 
he can to prepare her for this. Also, everything that that has persisted or pertained to the the bride, uh, the bride herself, has been in preparation for this this wedding day, this wedding banquet that she's going to experience. He said, "And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them, and be their God." In this new vision that John gives us, he's sharing with us the fact that God is actually going to reside here on the earth, this new earth with us. It's going to be a coming together of a new heaven and a new earth where we have um, unlimited access to God, where we'll actually understand God in a new way, ways that we've never seen God Ways that we've never heard from God. Ways that we've never experienced God. Ways that we've never even been able to worship God or love God are going to be revealed to us. And we're going to be welcomed into this relationship. All of those who have put their trust in Jesus. Isn't that a blessing? That if you put your trust in Jesus, if you say yes to God and open the door of your heart and welcome Him into your life, you will begin to experience a newness of life, spiritually being rebirthed through faith, being washed by the blood of the Word or the blood of the Lamb so that you can experience this newness that God is sharing with us today. Verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, from our eyes. Don't know if we're going to still be around when God comes again and establishes a new heaven and a new earth following the millennial reign of Jesus. It says, There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Wow. Think about that. No more crying, no more death, no more mourning, no more pain. For the, for the old order of things has passed away. In order for us to understand the old order, it, we have to go to the book of Genesis. If you turn with me to the book of Genesis, we're going to um, read through a passage that speaks of the, the consequences of sin that we experience because of our disobedience. In chapter 3 of Genesis... And John is referring to this, the old order. It says that a serpent was more crafty than all the wild animals the Lord had made. And then the serpent engaged in a conversation with the woman who was in the garden. We call her Eve. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. If you fast forward now, you need to understand biblically, and we call this original sin, that, that Eve disobeyed because of her curiosity. Uh, curiosity led to disobedience. Disobedience ultimately to a, a rebelliousness that involved Adam as well. It wasn't just her fault. They were together in this situation. As they realized their sin, as they realized their disobedience, as their eyes were open to the knowledge of both good and evil by taking a bite of this fruit, um, uh, in, uh, from the tree that was in the middle of the garden. 
God comes to look for them. And in, and in God walking through the garden, the, the Bible says that you could actually hear God walking through the garden where it was as if he had feet that was crunching upon the, the, the greenery and the branches there in the garden. And he's saying, Adam and Eve, I, I view this also as metaphoric in that God was, was calling out to Adam and Eve knowing that they had disobeyed him. And it was almost like a rhetorical question. Where are you? Um, I'm looking for you. And he knows where they are. But what it demonstrates for us is that Adam and Eve, had their eyes had been opened. And their eyes had been opened to sin. Something that they had not experienced. Something that they had not had to deal with. Something that they, frankly, I wish that they had never introduced into this world. But we see and we understand that that is God's, that was God's plan. He gave us free will. He gave humans free will, this, this gift. And it was up to us what we were going to do with it. And of course, Adam and Eve, hey, they didn't fare too well. And here we are, those of us who are born into the human nature, we're born with this sin nature as well. A child who was born into this world is also passed down this sin nature, reminding all of us that we are all truly wicked um, when we're born into this world. But the story doesn't stop there. And that's why God sent us His Son, Jesus Christ. So that he could deal with that sin, that evil, that wickedness that is in all of us. You don't have to go very far, but the child care uh, school right here on our campus at the church, Mission Kids. Kids are able to come here when they're two years old. And uh, they run around. They're learning um, how to get along. They are getting potty trained. Um, and it won't be long before a child is able to speak when they go and they start fighting and wrestling for toys, saying, mine, mine, no. There's something in our nature, through our our, our our consciousness that God has given to us that demonstrates that we're in need of a Redeemer. We're in need of a Savior, all of us. doesn't matter how good you think you are. doesn't matter how good I, how good I think I am. We all are in need of a Redeemer. And through this original sin, this conversation that we see looking over the shoulder of Adam and Eve and God in the garden, God recognized their disobedience after they had recognized their own sin. And look what it says. Verse 14 of chapter 3. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all livestock. You'll crawl on your, crawl on your belly and you'll eat the dust of the days all of your life. And I will create enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike and you will strike his heel. And the the offspring of Eve is Jesus, who is going to crush the head of Satan, the enemy. And this is a metaphor that we're introduced with here in the early stages of the Bible. One of the, the most ancient, ancient passages of Scripture is here in Genesis where we're introduced to original sin. Look what it says about the human race. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, 
You will eat of it all the days of your life, and it will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You'll eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And so on. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living things. And God had to instruct Adam to kill an animal. That's the first instance of a sacrifice. An animal sacrifice or the, the sacrificial cult which um, covered their body or covered their shame. This is where we understand theologically that one must have their sin or disobedience atoned for by the shedding of blood. Atoned, if you break it down, it's a, a construction of two words, at one, atone. So the process of becoming at one is what happens when there is the shedding of blood. John in Revelation refers to the old order. He says there will be no more pain. There will be no more crying. He says there will be no more death and no more mourning. We see in the progression of the book of Genesis and of the early story uh, and narrative of God and the people of Israel that there was a progression of, of um, life expectancy. The, the early inhabitants of the earth lived for hundreds of years and then it slowly but surely was reduced to a manageable time to where generations were able to be established after the the, the earth had been uh, fruitfully multiplied by the earliest inhabitants beginning with Adam and Eve who were the first of the humankind of the human race we're not going to get into conversations today about the old earth we're not going to get into conversations today about uh, Neanderthal man all of these things are very good and very true and, and a part of science but the the homo sapiens the human race which is beginning with Adam and Eve started right there in the garden where the, the, the old order of things was set up and established by God and God chose us he chose to become one of us and that's why Jesus became a man Jesus, the Son of Man, or the Son of God, uh, was Jesus of Nazareth. And so here we have this promise by John, where he says, um, I'm going to wipe away every tear from the eye. And man, what a blessing that is to know that there will no longer be diabetes. There'll no longer be child-bearing pain. There'll no longer be heart attacks. There'll no longer be aneurysms. There will no longer be fibromyalgia for women who suffer for this debilitating uh, disease. There will be no more COVID-19, no worry or anxiety about it. There will be, no, be no more AIDS. There will be no more hunger. Everybody will be well fed and cared for by God. Because we'll have a new sense of, 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 of harmony and of peace, and a dwelling, a new dwelling, a new home, a new earth, a new heaven that God is going to bring together at this appointed time. Now, we don't know when this is going to be, but for us as Christians, we need to know that these things will be and shall come to pass. And that's a part of the beautiful thing about our faith is that it pulls us forward. Now, whether we will ever 
see Jesus coming down on the clouds as he comes back for his church, for his bride. Or if God takes us home here on earth in this flesh, at this point in time, a part of the old order, a part of the old earth, praise God. The moment we die in this flesh, we enter into this this vision. We enter into this truth or this reality of a new heaven and a new earth with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, which means through your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's continue. He who was seated on the throne, that's God Himself, said, I am making everything new. Then He said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I don't know about you, but in these these days, Nothing is more comforting than to know that the Word of God is true. That the Word of God is trustworthy. That you can count on the Word of God. That you can run to the Word of God. That you can run to God's promises. That we have that hope, that blessed hope that God is coming back for us one day. It says that He's going to make all things new. Verse 5. And that's our theme for this year at Mission Ebenezer Family Church. All things new in 2022. I pray that God makes all things new in your life. Just like in the body, new blood has to be ushered into places of hurt, places of, of, of injury, places of, of uh where, where there have been uh, cuts. You, we need new blood to come in. And the new blood provides the nourishment, provides oxygen. It provides all of the necessary nutrients that we need for that injured part of the body to heal. Maybe the Lord needs, maybe you need to ask the Lord to bring in a, a new sense of, of, of blood and of cleansing. Just as God uses our kidneys to clean our blood, ask the blood of the Lamb to wash over your life and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Maybe there's things from last year that you don't even want to bring with you into this next next year. Praise God. Believe it by faith and count on it and ask God to give you that newness of, of, of faith, that newness of hope, that newness that comes with New things. God promises new beginnings, new opportunities, new challenges, even new growth. You know, we like to think that all new things are good, but sometimes there's going to be new challenges. And with those new challenges are going to be it is going to come greater wisdom. I've been the first one to tell you that I never want to wish um, anything bad upon anybody. Not sickness, not disease, not death, not destruction, not dismay. Um, I don't want anything to befall anybody on this earth. God has called us all to love one another um, and not to hate our brother or our sister. And in this very same way, my prayer and my hope is that any challenge that you may experience, any setback that you may experience, that you accept it as if it's from God, 
The book of James chapter 1 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. For the trying of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must um, finish its perfect and complete or, or whole work in your life. So, um, as we are reading through Revelation chapter 21, I, I'm praying that, that this Bible study is a blessing to you thus far, reminding you of God's goodness and His newness for us. He said to me, It's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is Jesus now speaking to John. And John says that Jesus spoke to John through this revelation. And Jesus says to John, I am the Alpha, which means the beginning. And he says Omega, which means the end. It's the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Alpha, and the last letter of the Greek alphabet, which is Omega. The beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring or the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Wow. In this vision... John is saying those that have received Jesus Christ and have invited Jesus to be their Savior and to forgive them of their sin will receive the new heavens and the new earth with the newness of life, making all things new. And those who have rejected God or have chosen to believe that God does not exist, and by all means, if you're at a place in your life and you don't know or you're in doubt, that's fine, but don't wait too long. Put your trust in Jesus. Don't take that chance. You don't know when God is going to call you out of your skin. You don't know when the days on this earth shall be numbered. And according to scripture, we shall be judged based upon the decisions that we make here on earth while we have life, while we have breath in our lungs. Let the word of God be a reminder to all of us that God is a good God and he is a faithful God. And he'll also respect our decisions, whether to accept him or not to accept him. Today, John gives us this revelation to bring us to the place of putting your trust in Jesus. Don't take that risk. There's no point in taking that kind of a risk or going through that type of a measure in resisting God when God has given you everything that you will ever need in his son Jesus. I don't want to continue on in the chapter. There's just so much more there. But I'd like to encourage you to read through the remainder of chapter 21. Don't be afraid by the metaphor. Don't be afraid by the judgment. Don't be afraid by the, the wonderful creatures that are represented here. Or the, the symbolism that we find in the number 12. Or the measuring rod. The 12,000 stadia. Or the, uh, the 144,000 that um, are spoken of. Many of these things are, are symbols. Many of these things are metaphor for us Christians to know that God has a greater plan for you. Some of these things are not meant to be understood literally. Um, but for us to see that uh, 
that through his goodness and through his son Jesus, he has provided a way for us. He's provided a way out. He's provided for you and I salvation through his son. So today, as we wrap up our Bible study in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, I want to encourage you. Maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. And in our Bible study today, as we are able to capture a vision of this new heaven and this new earth where a lion and the lamb get along, where a human, humans and animals walk together, where humans and angels worship together um, at the feet of Jesus, where all of the most wonderful things that you and I could ever imagine about God or this new heaven and this new earth, um, being a part of the new Israel, it's meant to bring joy and peace and happiness and love and mercy, faithfulness and goodness to your life and mine. Would you join with me in a prayer right now as we ask the Lord to come into our hearts, as we ask God to continue to reveal himself to us in new and fresh ways so that we can be revived, so that we can be encouraged, so that we can be refreshed so that we can be renewed. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for Revelation chapter 21. I thank you, Lord, for the vision that you gave to John. A vision, Lord, that really depicts for us uh, how much you love us. Um, Something that pulls us forward like a birthday. Oh, the anticipation for a child who looks forward to their birthday and receiving love and hugs and kisses and toys and cake. Maybe uh, a special birthday wish uh, from somebody that they care about a whole lot. Whether it's looking forward to being together with the people that we love, whether it's looking forward towards Easter, whether it's looking forward towards Christmas, whether it's looking forward to being in the house of God, Lord Jesus, with, together with the people of God during a Bible study or, or during a worship on a Sunday, Father God, or whether it's going into the streets, Father, to uh, and, and t- with that great anticipation to, to serve the, the lost, to serve the least of these, Father God, whether it's looking forward to opportunities to serve you, Lord Jesus, and to demonstrate this realness that we we experience in our own hearts and in our own lives and pouring that into the lives of others. Whatever the case may be, Father God, your word is meant to bring us to a place, Father God, where we overcome. Father, where you bring us to a place of of understanding um, what living a life as a Christian is all about. So, Father, I ask that you forgive us for our sins. Come into our hearts. Make us brand new again. Maybe some of us started off the new year with resolutions and things that we didn't want to bring into the new year. Man, we've already done it. Father, have mercy and have patience upon us, Father God. Forgive us for our sins, for our thoughts, Lord Jesus. Renew our hearts, Lord Jesus. The Bible reminds us that if we confess our sins, 
You will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we stand upon these promises and we stand upon these truths. One day you're going to come back for us, Father God, and you're going to wipe our hearts uh, clean, Father God, and you're going to you're going to remove every sin, every impurity, every iniquity from our lives, Lord Jesus, so that we can live in perfect harmony and peace with you. Well, until that day, Father, keep us in the greatest peace, the greatest love, and the greatest joy, knowing that you still sit on the throne and that you, God, are worthy of our praise. Amen. God bless you, Mission Ebenezer Family Church. Until next Wednesday, I'll be on for the next three to four weeks with pre-recorded messages, words to warm your heart and to encourage you as you begin and turn over a new leaf in 2022.